podcast brought to you in part by audible.com get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com wds to choose from over eighty-five thousand titles for your ipod or mp3 player please hi this is chelsea hobbs and you're listening to what duvet said uh, there's the pressure again i have to be funny or witty <laughs> Hey, this is Chelsea Hobbs, and you're listening to two of my favorite blogger podcast guys um, on What Do They Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? You get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest, found at whatduvetsaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studios South in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who will go down a zip line to find true love, your host, <laughs> Robert Bob Duvet, coming to you from Duvet North. In the heart of San Francisco. Yes, I said it. The heart of San Francisco. The kitchen of podcasting. Yes, that's me. I give give you me. I'm great. I I kept thinking there was going to be more in those pauses there, but I thought, you know. Well, uh, I am kind of the master. Well, I'm dubbing myself the master of the pregnant pause. Okay. You've heard of this, right? The pregnant pause, or are you being dubbing yourself something? <laughs> You've heard of both, I know, but the you know the pregnant pause, right? Yeah, I know the pregnant pause. See, I just did it. Yeah, I think I dare say you're a master of it. <laughs> no, um, no, it's usually me searching for something witty to say, and then wit eluding me is is really what's behind the pregnant pause. What about you? What do you like about Facebook? What do you like about us? What do you like about hearing us talk over and over again? We'd love to know. Shoot us out an email, said at gmail.com, because your emails mean so much. Find us on Rob's favorite social media site, Facebook, by looking ah. for What Duvet Said and becoming a fan. Like us. We love those like numbers. Follow us on Twitter, yeah, yeah. at Bob Duvet. Send us a phone call or call us on the phone, whatever. Rob? Please, I want you to begin all phone calls with a pregnant pause and make that pregnant pause directed to 415-937-0445. That's 415-937-0445. Operators are standing by. All right. Did it again. Yeah. Fabulous. It's very moving, too. (laughs) It's great for radio, isn't it? Yeah. It really lets me, you know, think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jace, we have a show. It's a show today. It is a show today. Do we have any guests? Oh, do we ever have guests? I, I Unfortunately, we've had Reba tirelessly working on lassoing any juror from any case that's being held anywhere across the United States of America, but um, they're all holding out now after this Casey Anthony thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Jurors. Ugh, it's a sad state of affairs, the whole thing. But So we won't talk about it. What we will talk about is we have a bona fide celebrity that will be joining us a little later in this podcast. Really? And not only is she uh, talented 
and beautiful. She's actually very interesting. She's the kind of person I'd like to hear from at one of these Hollywood parties you're talking about, Jason. <laughs> Someone who's actually very interesting as opposed exactly. to acting like they're very interesting? Exactly. Do you know who this person could be? I have an inkling of who this person may be because I listened to last week's podcast and you two guys talked about it. Uh, we did indeed. We have Chelsea Hobbs that will be joining us, folks, from most recently of Make It or Break It. I'm very curious to find out if there will be a third season of Make It or Break It. But, and as we will get into in our interview with her, which is more like a conversation, yeah. uh, she's also been the star of two of my absolute favorite Lifetime movies. Oh, is that right? Who is, who, who, that, who, who? I gotta say, I gotta save it. I'll save it for uh, for the conversation. But uh, yeah, okay. you know me too. I am a lifetime movie buff. I I, I do know this about you. Yes. Um, so I'm excited. I, I was hyped. I was hyped to find this out. But I kind of knew it already. I just didn't put two and two together until I started doing my my tireless research. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, I'm excited to hear you dish with Chelsea about that. I have many questions about the status of Make It or Break It and what she's up to. Plus, I'd love to talk with her a little bit about her tweeting and her blog. And she's an interesting yeah, person. Yeah, I know. The blog is really interesting. I, I like I like her whole approach to uh, interacting with her fans. And so I think that's something we definitely will touch on. All right. Well, we're looking forward to hearing from her. Fingers crossed that she's calling in in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and we will talk to Chelsea. I like Austin. her chances. I uh, like our chances. <laughs> but until then, is there anything happening in the news? You know, uh, I should be singing this song right now. Da da. <laughs> da da. No, I, if I sound a little pent up or cramped, it's because I am so perilously close to the debt ceiling right now, Jason. It's uh, really cramping my style here at uh, Duvet North. The debt ceiling? The debt ceiling. Wow. Well, maybe you should lower your piano that's on the hydraulics and come down a little bit. Ah, good point. You, you've heard about the debt ceiling, though, right? You know this is a very big concern. Yes, I've heard about raising the debt ceiling, lowering the debt ceiling. The dollar is going to explode. I actually heard an, a really long conversation on coast-to-coast uh, -coast last night as I was driving home from rehearsal about the doom that's coming and that we should all buy, we should all buy tires now while it's still cheap. Tires, huh? Rubber? Yeah. Interesting. I should invest in prophylactics. Yeah. You know what? Which is, and did you see the other sign of the apocalypse besides the debt ceiling? Uh, is it that the 405 freeway is going to be closed from the 10 to the 101? Ooh, that is akin to the apocalypse for Los Angelino. No, what is the other thing that you said? What What is the other sign? You didn't see the, the footage of the... Like, it, it's crazy. It looked like uh, it was out of a, a movie, the, the sandstorm that moved in on Phoenix and completely engulfed the city. No, I know nothing about this. And I've been to Phoenix. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was intense. Go look it up, YouTube it. Um, I, like, it was a monsoon. Apparently, it's monsoon season in Phoenix. You know what I'm realizing the longer that I'm on this planet? What's that? There, I worked under the impression that there were like, you know, dangerous places to live and then there were safe places to live. Apparently, there are no safe places to live anywhere on this earth of ours. I heard once on a television program when I was much younger that the only place on earth that is safe from natural disaster, that is that you're not going to get a hurricane, an earthquake, a tornado, a monsoon, 
anything like that? A sinkhole opening up? Please tell me it's Duvet North. I'm afraid not. But it's close. Ireland. Ah, that is the home of a quarter of my people. I could, you know, my dream has always been to retire to a little, uh, like a little, like a sheep infested land out there with a little riding cabin in Ireland. That's great. Why Ireland? I don't know. I think it's because it's built on a, you know, on a rock or something like that. I, I don't know. But Ireland is, uh. is, is, is natural disaster free. So as long as you can keep yourself safe from a bomb going off in the coffee shop, you're fine in Ireland. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, that's good to know. Well, there, see, that, that, that is a point for Ireland. <laughs> yes. Yes. Aaron de Gobra. Aaron Gobra. Uh, our Irish listeners... You will be receiving a a visit from Bob Duvet, close to the apocalypse. Oh, well, that's interesting. When we get confirmation on the apocalypse, I will be heading to Ireland. You know what I've been noticing as I've been living longer on this earth, though, to talk about the monsoon in Arizona, which I knew nothing about, um, mm. is that the the phrase, the worst storm in recorded history, comes across. Yes. And... Then I look at recorded history, and they haven't been recording storms for very long. Oh, okay. So this could be something that happens, you know, every century. And if if it's gone unrecorded, this is just a normal occurrence. Yeah, like you, I, I watch the weather, and they'll say, like, this is the hottest day since 1897. And I think, okay, well, what about the millions of years prior to 1897? <laughs> Has there been a hot day? They don't count! <laughs> Around that time, or was people just weren't paying attention? If there isn't a stat for it, it doesn't it doesn't count. Mm. I agree. Well, I feel bad for the folks there in Phoenix. I've been to Phoenix. I've I've I've, I've stood and looked at Camelback Mountain, and uh... like I am almost convinced that there was a caveman back in the day who took his wielded his mighty club, and and somebody was like 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 hoist a skull and he would knock it out of the park. And I'm sure that caveman has more home runs than Barry Bonds. Yeah, you're probably right. But does anyone pay it attention wasn't to them? No. I don't think cavemen get short shrift these days. I agree. What's in the news? Although, did you notice the hunky cavemen on our show we're going to be discussing a little bit later? Uh, the hunky cave. Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. Spoiler alert, the hunky caveman we're not going to get to see much of anymore, right? No, sadly. But Love in the Wild, we will be discussing. How are you feeling on that? Give me a, like a, a temperature reading on that one, Jason. Uh, I, Love in the Wild, I'm, I'm hooked on. I'm watching. Um, I, no, I don't remember any of the people. None of the girls has, is, is my favorite, like I always have in these Ooh, love shows. That's rare. Yeah, it is rare. It may be for another reason, though, that I don't see the beauty in women anymore. And uh. there's... Uh, I don't quite get the, the 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 carrot at the end of it. I don't understand the big prize. So we'll we'll talk about that later. There's this TV show that we mistakenly said was on ABC, but was actually on NBC, called Love in the Wild, uh, which is our new show to watch and join in this summer and watch it with us. But uh, join the conversation, America. That's right. And Denmark, but that's for another segment. That's that's be, maybe Chelsea Hobbs has been watching Love in the Wild, and we can roll in our two segments talking with Chelsea. Yes, Hobbs. I would like a little a, a voice of uh, levity toward I'm looking for. 
if, if the word you're looking for is levity, then yes. Man, you always say that, but it never leaves me feeling any better about my choice of words. <laughs> it is my goal to make you feel unbetter. Well, the, uh, the, it depends on what you mean. It, you know, if you're, if you're trying to use the word levity to, to express your meaning, then yes, levity meaning... Maybe I am or maybe I'm not. Right, okay, sure. I actually there there's a there's another there's a comedian friend of mine who's a female who I'm I'm going to try to rope into watching Love in the Wild that we can get her on and add a bit of levity to the proceedings. Nice. How's that sound? Then I think I know exactly what it means. Okay. What do they said at gmail.com? Your emails mean so much. I have <laughs> right so in, much I I smell a pole right <laughs> in and, and 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 weigh in on whether or not I know what levity means. News. Penis size related to length of index and ring fingers. I have read this article because I am extremely interested in penis size. Um, are you? <laughs> well, then you drive, sir. <laughs> well, I've just heard that uh, if you look at a man's hand... And the okay, ring. I'm looking at mine. Okay, and your ring finger extends further out than your index finger. Then yeah, okay, Ooh, it does. Then while you were in the womb, you got more some sort of thing, and therefore uh -huh. you have a longer or larger sized penis than average. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so that's what's going on with you. You have a larger index finger. I mean, I'm sorry, ring finger than index finger. Oh, oh wait, wait. Which one's the index finger again? <laughs> the index finger is your pointer. That's the one that the points, first right? Finger. The pointer. Yes. Okay. The ring finger would be the um, one I you do. put your ring on. I do indeed. It's not not by much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, mine is uh, considerably longer than my uh, index finger. Actually, well, let's not be a braggart. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. So, okay. Well, I think that's verifiable. Um, I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm liking the reading I'm getting. I'm liking the fact. I, I always suspected that y you and I were above average. Okay, good. Right. Uh, you, and uh, now we have proof by looking at our hands. You know what? Now, now I'm going to be fixated on, on looking at men's hands. As if you haven't already been. I, I know, you know what? exactly. But they're, so, they're so strong. This is this is one of those things though that like I would never remember. In fact, I didn't remember it until you brought it up just now, um, mm -hmm. because my index my ring finger is longer than my index finger, and therefore it I'm like oh okay fine. But if it wasn't, I would be fixated on this. <laughs> right, you would just be completely like every time you went and used like a, a public bathroom, you would be compelled to glance over your shoulder at the guy's index finger and ring finger yeah. as a guy's i'm looking at your index finger dude yeah exactly go easy but isn't this isn't that true though isn't that the case whenever studies like this come out when it's mm -hmm. not you like there, i think there's some sort of uh smart thing as well if your index finger is longer than your ring finger then you have more intelligence or something like that right yeah, so yeah. Now yeah, people I look love at... to hang their hat on that stuff too. Yeah, or that the I think there's something about getting prostate cancer based on the size of your fingers, and I don't want to hang my hat on that. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, you do not. So I, I hold very little faith in that sort of thing. I, I, I've always you know yeah. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was, didn't mean, but you know, it's interesting. You can actually the, bringing the phrase hang your hat on something is actually relevant again since so many people are wearing those douchey hats around town. Oh, okay. That's sweet. Well, there you go. So uh, that, that's just a little anecdotal, I think, entirely unscientific evidence provided in the news lately. I want to know what the size of the, the ring finger was of the guy who conducted this study. Right, exactly. Or, and things like this always make me say, but what about with women? Like, what if their ring finger is longer than their index finger? What does that tell me about them? It means they have a, an enormous clitoris. We should talk to Chelsea Hobbs about this. <laughs> we should not talk to Chelsea Hobbs about it. <laughs> All right. I forbid it. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, uh, hand size and penis length, would you say this is a... Or not a... Oh, I'm going to say it's... It, it, it at once both and neither. Okay. Well, that's non-committal. <laughs> uh, Want to hear another news story, though? I do. I, I, I'm just keeping an eye on the time, and I know that our guest is going to be calling any second now. So uh, just you know, heads up for that, that you, I might be right. shouting to interrupt you when uh, Reba tells me the call's coming in. Fair enough, fair enough. Let me just squeeze it in. I love the title. We can play the game with this one. Oh, okay. I love the game. Tell me the rules of the game again. Rules of the game are you... Try to guess the state from which this news story came from. That might be the most succinctly I've described this thing. Wow, nicely done. Okay, I'm ready. All right, ready? Officer of the year and relationship coach arrested for selling meth. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say this is New Mexico. Oh, this would have been that one time when the, when the uh, scientific Renfro Crunch numbers paid off. When if you guess Florida 70% of the time, you are 100% right. And it would have been Boynton Beach, Florida, oh, I police officer believe. David Brito, named officer of the year last year, and was busted for selling meth. Really? Was it good meth? Uh, good meth, bad meth, as long as you're up for days! <laughs> no, it's funny, though. His uh, other gig is he's a apparently a relationship expert. And all oh, wait, need hold it, stop! I think that's her calling right now, Rob. Hold it! No. Yes, you have to. I have to How's stop my hair this. look? How does my hair look? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you'll just have to handle it yourself because we all know that our next guest has the greatest hair in television. So, <laughs> what you can hear, you can hear right now. Uh, so here <laughs> we're excited. We are thrilled. We could not be more excited or thrilled to be talking with uh, the woman with the greatest hair on television, Emily Kometko herself, blogger, writer, mother. Actress extraordinaire, please welcome Chelsea Hobbs. Chelsea. Hi, how are you? We're great. How are you? I'm great. Excited to talk to you guys. Well, we're excited this to have you here. This has been in the works. We've been trying. We've been doggedly trying to get you on our on the little podcast that could. Because <laughs> we are such we are such big fans of the the show you were most recently on, Make It or Break It, ABC Family, and mm. I personally. I'm a huge fan of Lifetime movies, and you were in two of my favorite Lifetime movies. Which ones were those? <laughs> I am going to go with Confession. Uh-huh. Let me make sure I get the title right, because I've seen it several times. Uh, the Party Never Stops, for one. Diary of a Binge Drinker. Oh, yeah. And, yes, and Confession of the Go-Go Girl. 
Yeah, that one was an interesting one too. <laughs> Those are great though because I can watch them literally every single time they're on. I put them on and my wife will walk into the room. She'd be like, didn't you see that one already? I'm like, yeah, but it's so good. Well, you know, a lot of women wish their husbands would watch Lifetime movies, so I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Rob, Rob uh, is exactly the type of man that every woman wants, apparently. Yeah, that, that's been uh, scientifically verified. Oh, well, there you go. So you are a recent mother, correct? You don't just play a recent mother on TV. Um, yes, I, I'm not just a recent mother. I have um, a five-year-old girl as well as um, I just had a little boy. Right. So let me ask you this, because uh, when we watched the show and Rob and I, we got hooked into the show, Make It or Break It, uh, sort of accidentally. We just kind of stumbled across it and got instantly hooked. And the thing that we loved most about it was you and your character, oh, and your character arc. You. And you're very welcome. Uh, but we, we, we notice that or Rob noticed that you were hiding behind enormous uh, snowballs and and ducking behind uh, chairs and carrying large um, briefcases during this past season. <laughs> and Rob says, I think she's going to be pregnant. I think that's what's going to happen on this show. Um, wow, good observation. <laughs> I'm, I'm way, I was way ahead of the curve on this one. I'm just going to toot my own horn. <laughs> so were you... I'm trying to figure out the, the logistics behind this. Are, are, were you living your life and just like, I, I need to have another child. This is where I need to be in my life and, and, and darn the career and the show. Or uh, was it not planned or were they writing around you? How did this all come about? Um, well, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, basically when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I, you know, uh, had to tell ABC family and they were wonderful about um, incorporating it into the story and I think it was something that this the writers had to really think about because obviously you know we have a fan base of young girls and I don't think pregnancy is something that they wanted to necessarily glorify um, but they also wanted to you know make sure it worked for everybody involved and they were really great about working it into the story and I think it was you know a big decision I mean obviously but uh, I don't think they could have not worked it in. It was sort of, you know, a tricky one because you are in a leotard all the time and um, they have to think about the recovery from pregnancy as well. So it was, um, you know, it was a lot that they had to balance. But they, I think they did it really well. So That's so got to be a kind of an interesting moment to be in too as an actress. You're on a TV show that you know, is, is definitely – gaining viewers and and the trajectory seems to be like it's you know building and there was a lot of advertisement for it was there that moment where you were like oh wow you know this is like how is this going to play out or were you, are you okay with the idea of maybe not revisiting the Emily Kameko character again um you know i love the show and i love emily and I think that, you know, given the situation, whatever they feel like they need to do to make the, the show wonderful and make the show work is what they're going to have to do. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I would love to continue to play Emily. I think that, you know, she's she's a great character and um, she was in a really interesting place and she... <sighs> I mean, I, I really would have loved to see, you know, where else she'd go. And I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen from here. Um, it's sort of in the producer's hands. But, 
Yeah, I mean, either way, I'm open. I'm, I'm also an actress, and I love to play different roles, and I have um, a long career planned, so I hope that, you know, after this, I'll be able to do things that really inspire me as well. Yeah, I mean, we actually, that was the, the one thing kind of hooked me on the show was your portrayal of the character always just, it kind of just stood out as it, giving the show a real like anchor and a real sort of somebody to kind of root for and, and to follow. And I know that your fans were incredibly supportive because I've seen, you know, your Twitter feeds and, and your message boards and whatnot. And everybody was so bummed simultaneously and happy for you. you know? Yeah, so it was that, really That's always a good sign. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have the people that think that it'll add, you know, a great twist to the show. And then you have the people that, I mean, their heart kind of bled for Emily a little because we all go on this journey with her and we see, you know, yet another unfortunate thing happen. Um, I mean, there's two different ways you can look at it, but, you know, she's worked so hard for this career and she, you know, the, the decision she made was the decision she made. And a lot of people, I think, were really sad for her. <laughs> And I was too. I mean, even watching it, I was like, oh, man, part of me, you know, was really upset because I was like, oh, it's so sad. She worked so hard and, and it's all over. But I guess that's just the reality of life, you know, and it, it really does show that. So good lesson to learn out there, kids. Things don't always work out. Yeah. That's what I, one of the things that I really like about uh, Make It or Break It, which, by the way, I should point out that everyone should go to the Teen Choice Awards on the Nickelodeon website and vote for it for Best Drama and also vote for Josie Loren as uh, actress. Yes, please. Do that. You don't have to be a teenager to do it, which gives you some sort of indication. <laughs> Is it disturbing <laughs> wink, that, wink. that two men are following this show of our, of our age, which we won't disclose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I voted, and I'm a teenage girl. Um, <laughs> we all have a teenage girl inside of us, don't we? Exactly. Yes, we trapped trying to get out. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, what I really liked about uh, what they, how the writers dealt with uh, your pregnancy and Emily's story arc is that your character treated it like a teenager would treat it. She packed up all her clothes. She said, come with my boyfriend. Let's go live happily ever after. And then when it didn't work out, she's kind of got on a bus and went away. And that kind of overblown drama... <laughs> which is not to say that this isn't a serious situation that uh, Emily's character was going through, but the inability to handle it in an adult way uh, and to kind of feel like someone could handle it in an adult way was really well handled. And I think that, that you as an actress handled that very well as well, especially since you're not a 16 year old girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, that's actually, I think I've been playing 16 for, uh, like a decade now, <laughs> which is really bizarre, but you know, it gets harder and harder because you have to kind of think about, you know, you have to remember what that felt like and, and you have to go back there. And I mean, yeah, it's, it, I have to say it's more emotionally trying playing a 16 year old than, you know, a 26 year old with problems. It's, it's hard. They're so irrational sometimes. No offense to all the 16 year olds out there, but you know, your mind is just in, you know, such a different place. So, yeah, it's crazy. You were decidedly not 16, though, in Confessions of a Go-Go Girl. No, that, no. <laughs> I have that was to a few see this movie, yeah. apparently. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as tuned into the Lifetime Movie Network as Rob is, so now I've got to set my TiVo. Yeah, you know, actually, that was, I, I've done a few movies for Lifetime, and that was, um, that was really cool because I felt like, 
it was done really differently. The director, Grant Harvey, did, um, it was kind of edgier for Lifetime and it had a darker feel to it. So it was, I was really pleasantly surprised when I did that. No, it, it, it honestly was because I, for years, I, prior to doing this fascinating, exciting world of podcasting, I was, worked as a bartender on, I don't know if you've been to San Francisco, but there's a red light district here. Mm. And I literally bartended in between two you know, strip clubs. And the portrayal in that movie was very much like what I kind of witnessed going on around me. It, was, really? it wasn't like this sugar-coated or really uh, Hollywood-ized version of something. It was actually pretty realistic about how girls get into that sort of thing and the realities of that sort of life. And that's what I found really interesting about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we we had to we didn't do a lot of research. Like I didn't go to strip clubs really, but we had um, you know, real people in that industry working with us and um we were able to sort of pick their brains a little bit about, you know, what the reality of that life is like. So it was fun. Definitely. So Jason, set your TiVo. I know. I'll set my TiVo. I will look for it. I, 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 I was right. unaware. I was unaware that you were in Lords of Dogtown until somebody tweeted you that you were in it. Just, I, I, yes, I'm, that, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, movie. Well, it was, and you know, that was actually um, one of the best on-set experiences I've had. You have the ADs skateboarding to get you from set, and everybody's just like living that lifestyle. It was, it was really cool. It was really awesome. So, and there's some really big names actually in that film as well. I mean, you had Keith Ledger, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really fortunate to work with him. Yeah. Um, so, what what is your feeling? Would you like to see yourself doing more film type roles, or would you get into another episodic television series like uh, Make It or Break It? Um, I I've always been in love with film. It's the reason I I got into this industry in the first place. But you know, that being said, there's so much amazing TV now that a lot of the time, you know, HBO, Showtime, a lot of these networks have have better television than movies have. I mean, a lot of the writing mm-hmm. and production is is better than a lot of movies out right now. So I think it just would depend on the project and and you know what made me feel passionate. There's just so much amazing stuff out there right now. So I'm pretty much open to you know either at this point. So would you be looking for a role or are you actively seeking a role that puts you more in your age range? Doing, doing something like, I don't know, uh, Anne Hathaway did where she stopped being a, a girl in movies and mm-hmm. now is playing adults in movies. You know, it's funny because you're in this, actors go through this weird, they go through, you're kind of put into different categories and you find yourself in times where you're in between categories. and. I'm not quite in between categories anymore. I do feel like I'm able to play like the mid-20s more now. Um, and the people who are playing the 16-year-old roles, you know, they're closer to that age. So I think there's a lot of amazing material for teenagers and, and late teens, but I'm finding that there's some pretty amazing things in you know the 20, your 20s as well, and I would love to make that transition. Um, I've I've played my early 20s a few times in Cold Case and CSI Miami and Go Go Girl. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do it more. But like like I said, it just depends on the script and if something amazing comes along and it's to play 18 and they think I can play 18, then I'm totally down to do it. Just depends on the project. We talked with uh, your 
co-star Josie Loren, as I mentioned on a couple uh, shows ago, and she mentioned that she was under contract with ABC and she was only allowed to do three guest stars in between. Mm -hmm. uh, in between, are you similarly restricted that way, or is it just being home with a newborn keeping you from working? Um, well, I, I wanted to take a few weeks off, obviously, to recover and um, be with my family, but now I can do what I want to do. So I'm in a place now where if I want to go and um, audition, I can, and I've slowly started to do that. And the weird thing is I haven't auditioned for two and a half years because of the show. So huh. um, I always tell people that, you know, there's acting and there's auditioning, and it's a completely different world. I mean, you can be a good actor and an awful auditioner, which is sort of the category category I fall into um, or you can be an awesome auditioner and like maybe not such a great actor I mean some people are great at both some people are better at one than the other but it's it definitely takes a while to get back into that again and so it's been mind-blowing you know just remembering what it feels like to audition so do you know like what the status is of make it or break it is it being picked up or is it still kind of up in the air um, what I've heard is the show's on the bubble, which means the network is deciding if they're going to pick it up or not. Um, so I think they have extended the time. Um, you, they were supposed to let everybody know by June 1st, and it sounds like they're extending for a few weeks. And um, they're going to, I think they want to see how their new shows are doing. And to be honest, it's completely on that, I think. Um, if their mm. new shows are doing awesome, then maybe the future for Make It or Break It won't look so bright. Um, but, you know, the Teen Choice stuff has really, really helped. And if we win one of those awards, then I think they're going to have a really hard time canceling the show because it really speaks volumes about the viewership and the fans and, and how people feel about the show. So, you know, everybody should go out there and vote. Definitely. It'll really, really help. That kind of actually transitions nicely to your relationship with the fans. Like, I know... Just from our being involved with the show and writing about it and talking about it on our podcast, we got so much response. Uh, still to this day, I get searches all the time, people wanting to know more about Make It or Break It. We had a lot of fans following us on Twitter as a result. And mm -hmm. you know, looking at the relationship that you have via social media or your blog with the fans, it's really interesting and your approach with the blog in particular has been, you've been writing about a variety of things. Um, you you kind of get some interesting debates going on on your mm -hmm. blog. Is that something that you're, you're just interested in doing yourself? Um, sort of fostering events, you know, getting people talking, kind of cultivating community? Yeah, I, I a lot of different um, things interest me in the world and I like to learn new things and write about new things that I'm finding and see what everybody else in the world thinks about it as well and um, I like to stimulate other people's minds as well you know I know that I have younger fans and older fans and it excites me to see younger people interested in different issues today and to see their thoughts on them but I just think there's so much pressure um, on young women and young people and there's so much stress put on the wrong things that it's, it's actually nice to see people write about things that matter in the world and and fun things too but it's kind yeah. of refreshing to me you know when I yeah that, that's what kind of adjacent is that fair to say when we first sort of get waiting in the make it or break it waters what really in intrigued us was your kind of twitter feed and jason i remember saying to me 
Yet Chelsea Hobbs has got something interesting to say, you know, like it was oh, beyond just the kind of watch the show at eight sort of stuff, you know, not that there's anything wrong with promoting it, but you actually had some opinions about a lot of different things that were kind of intriguing. Thank you. Yeah, I, li- I like that you have a voice and that you you have a way of expressing your voice and that you have an opinion without uh, without sort of hammering your opinion. I mean, you talked about the Casey Anthony trial in your feed and you mm-hmm. talked about the riots in Vancouver after the Stanley Cup finals and you post a quote from Nelson Mandela. You're, you, you, it's true that you have a depth of feeling, which shows in your acting, but you're also able to express yourself as a person, which I think is a really unique ability in uh in in being an actress i've lived in los angeles and i've been involved in the industry since 1988 and i i i I say that there are there are actors and then there are people whose job is acting and (laughs) i'm particularly interested in the people who have a job who go to work and act because those are the people that are more interested and actors are the people who are serving me uh, who are the waiter trying to impress me and are on all the time and I, I, it's true. I, yeah, and I'm really drawn to to your your voice and your being a human being. That's why we were so interested in talking with you because uh, you know. Thank you. I, 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 as much as I liked Emily Kometko as a character, I don't think I'd have much to talk with her about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you might be right there. <laughs> I, well, I mean, Chloe Kometko, I'd have a lot to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no problem with conversation with her. <laughs> Uh, Jason, your love for Chloe Kameko is is both heartening and uh, slightly disturbing. Yes, well, any, any chance I yeah. can get to talk? Yeah, okay. Well, all right. By the way, my shame. My... So, what happens next for you then? You're just out auditioning and blogging and and tweeting. <laughs> um, yeah, right now I'm just I'm auditioning and I'm I'm taking meetings and um, you know just looking at this kind of uh, next chapter in my life and seeing what it brings me and you know what what happens. It's exciting. As long as we get to see that fantastic hair of yours, we'll be fine. <laughs> yes, the hair is always a, a big topic. The Emily Kamenko hair. <laughs> were you surprised? Were you surprised that that was the thing that everybody was all of a sudden like obsessed with? Everybody, me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's weird. I did get a lot of like young girls sending me photos of you know their haircuts. Um, I guess some girls cut their hair short like Emily's, and I was really shocked about that. <laughs> You're a trendsetter. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't the goal. So we, all right, Rob, do you want to move into our uh, our big, exciting, pressure-filled segment for our guest here? Yeah, this is, this is winning time, as they say. We, we like to ask five quick questions. Just, you know, the first thing that pops into your mind. And there are, the great thing is there are no right answers. But the, okay. the, the, the pitfall is that there are several wrong answers. So. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? That's the jeopardy. But, uh, yeah, I think you can handle these. From, from what I can tell, you are going to fly through this with flying colors, and uh, we'll begin. Shall we? Okay. okay. All right. I'll begin with the first one, Jace. We'll just kind of trade off. Okay. All right. What is your favorite cheese? Gouda. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that's wrong. That, no, that's, that's the wrong answer. But, Your favorite cheese is Havarti. Oh. <laughs> I thought these were supposed to be quick. <laughs> well, the answer is wrong. I have to make note. Gouda's a good one, though. You came in second for Gouda. Choose, choose a musician, Daughtry or Damon. What was the question? <laughs> yeah, see. Okay. You, you have to pick a musician, Daughtry or Damon. Oh, Damon, Damon. All right. 
Was that a wrong answer, Rob? <laughs> no, that's a correct. That was the correct answer. <laughs> All right. The next one is your favorite philosopher. Um. Oh gosh, I can't pick one. Um. Well, I. I mean, maybe just Nelson Mandela as a speaker, as a person. You know, as good an answer as that is, it's actually wrong. Your favorite philosopher is Sasha Beloff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. That would have been a little bit more creative. <laughs> okay. If you can be locked up in a dark room with someone other than your husband, who would it be? Um, in a dark room? <laughs> yeah, a dark room. <laughs> so hard. What's the right answer? I don't know what I'm supposed to say. No, Rob, what's the right See, answer? See, now, now you're I getting I'm this game. supposed to say demon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you were supposed to say Bob Duvet. The character would say that. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at the character. Okay, great. <laughs> the, the right answer was Bob Duvet. But, okay, okay. Um, and, and, and lastly, um, I, I, my, my next question for you would be, if you could see anything accomplished as a result of, of playing Emily Kameko in Make It or Break It, what would you like that to be? What would you like the message to, to get out to, obviously, the, the, the young kids that watch the show and love it? Um, I guess to work hard and, um, you know, know that your, your actions have consequences. I think that's kind of the bottom line. <laughs> I think that's perfectly, that, that's, that's her character in a nutshell. Yeah, I think so. Right answer, but there are Nicely no right done. answers. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's a real existential game because there is no right answers and, and then there's wrong answers too. So it's just, it's... It gets a little confusing. Yeah, oh, that, was so, I had, that was such a pressure. Like, whew. Well, you made it. Right? I know. Sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Lesser people have failed miserably at that game. So. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully I didn't. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I think you did fine. Chelsea Hobbs is a oh. blogger, tweeter, actress, mother, and uh, a bon vivant, dare I say. Uh, who can be seen on Make It or Break It if you pick it up at your Amazon. Buy all those DVDs and find uh, seasons one to, or series one to, or three. I don't know what these seasons are. There's been two seasons, but there's been four. I don't know. It's all very it's confusing. It's very confusing. We hope that it gets picked up again. We especially hope that we get to follow Emily to Vegas and see how life is going for her and bring her back to The Rock because we love Emily Kometko and we love Chelsea Hobbs. No matter what she's doing and what she's doing next, we can't wait to see. Head out to the Teen Choice Awards and vote for Make It or Break It as the uh, best drama and uh, throw a shout out to Josie Loren as well. Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to be talking to you, Chelsea. You are a delight and we loved having you on. Oh, thank you. Thanks, you guys. It was so nice to talk to you, and um, I was really happy to be on the show. Great. Yeah, thanks so much, and best of luck. Thanks so much, Jesse. All right, thank you, guys. Let you go. Bye. Have a good day. Right. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah. So there you go, Jace. How, how special was that? That was fantastic. I was really, that I know. Was, you know what? It was just like hanging out and talking with her. That's what, that was, it wasn't really feel like an interview. I mean, we were asking her questions, but I mean, we were just sort of hanging with Chelsea for a while there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very. She's very sweet, and you, that comes across. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm a little. I need to sit down. I'm very moved. Well, I, I had to loosen my bow tie because I was I was getting a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. I could. I I, I kind of felt the the two of us being a little starstruck in their interview that we were. I know. Trying to let it roll and be cool and talk to her like we were regular blokes, but uh, I, I think, don't know uh, if we're known for being cool, though. You don't. <laughs> when I, in my mind's eye, I never see us as being like cool. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. 
All right. Well, Sorry. I think we upped our cool quota there by. by well, yeah, I'm like, we, we're basking in the glow of coolness. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that came smack dab in the middle of the news segment, but uh, I'm I, I can feel ourselves moving out of the news segment. Let's move out of the news segment, Jason, because I think we need to indoctrinate our listening audience into the the next latest and greatest television experiment that we're going to tackle here on What Do They Said. Yeah, okay. Love in the Wild, NBC, Wednesday night. I got an intro. You want the intro? Yes, let me hear it. Three, two, one, vamos! Ugh. God. Okay, let's. That's as good of a place to start as any. Is with our host. What's his name? Uh, Darren McMullen. Darren McMullen. With what sort of accent? Where is he from? New Zealand or Australia or? I'm going with Scotland. That's funny. I knew that was going to be your first question. And so last night when I'm watching the show, I, I, I told Hallie. I said, you know, Jason's gonna ask where I think this guy's from because we kind of we we I threw it out there the first time we mentioned the show but I'm, I'm getting I'm getting hints of Scottish with slight undertones of maybe a nice uh, Norwegian okay here's my problem with Darren all right and I know we mocked what's his name the host of The Bachelor what was his Rossi name? oh Rossi. Well, yeah Mark Okay, what all right, well, okay, sure. Whatever his name Does is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. Any or the host of of da- Dating in the Dark, any of these hosts, even Probst or uh you know the master, the guy behind uh Phil and the Amazing yeah, Race, Phil. who who is the master of being the host. Uh I I know we've mocked these other hosts for just sort of being wallpaper and approaching yes. and doing nothing and serving no purpose and having no reason to be there. This guy just collecting a paycheck. This guy is trying too hard. And what I mean by he's trying too hard, I mean that he's doing things. He's doing things like fist bumping them when they cross the finish line or saying things like one, two, three, vamoose or calling like, hey, Jack, or calling people he things when they when they cross the finish line. Uh, he. Uh, he is trying way too hard to get to be a personality, and he's got to rein it in. That's all I got to say. And comb that hair. I like I like the shaggy. I like the shaggy look he's got going. I, I think I view host Darren McMullen as kind of the bridge between um, – I don't have anything to say there, Jason <laughs> – See, you, there's nothing right to say about him. He's not a very good host. What about? Okay, so let's let's describe to, to people what this show is. Can do you, do you have a thumbnail description of Love in the Wild? It's uh, a bunch of a uh, beautiful to look at, uh, slightly damaged personalities um, paired up in, in you know the most obvious of ways, and then sent doing things that you never ever ever do. In reality, thus dooming this faux relationship show into you know being exactly that a, a fake you know relationship because you don't meet people ziplining in real life. Right. Okay. Well, the conceit is that that there's ten men and ten women and they've been dropped out into the jungle and they get to team up and with one person and as a team they go on adventures which are basically like tasks on the Amazing Race. Yeah. Uh, and if they complete the adventure, they 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 line they they finish the task and they end in just like in the Amazing Race. And there's a, a team who is the last person there. 
Uh, so it's kind of the Amazing Race meets Survivor meets The Bachelor because then once the challenge, the adventure is over, they all get to hang out in a hot tub together and decide yeah. who they want to be with. Or they, the winners get to stay in a, a luxurious suite called the Oasis, whereas the other teams who didn't come in first place all stay in these places called the Cabins. And there's only one bed in all of these places. Um, yeah, the thing too, though, it's where a survivor is difficult or the amazing race is taxing and difficult and exhausting. So far, none of these challenges have been really anything to speak of. And yet they're still like so probably annoying as people that they still find ways to get on each other's skin. You know what I mean? There's no real... God, why am I having such a hard time talking about this show? Probably because there's not much to talk about. Well, the the only thing to talk about this show really is hair, which I will get to in a minute. But I see what you yes. mean about these challenges not being very difficult because they had to the first episode they had to assemble a log and then go float down a crocodile infested river, which I guarantee yeah, right. you. Right, that th those people were never in any danger of being eaten by a crocodile when their raft falls apart. Similarly, I love when they go to the B-roll of crocodiles too. It's like in a completely different filter. Yeah, exactly. And then they, or last night they had to walk across this rickety bridge that had missing planks. Um, yes. When one guy actually slipped and almost fell through the 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 the, the gaping hole there, uh, and uh -huh. caught himself by the. No, no, no. Wait a minute. He didn't catch himself by the ropes of the rope bridge. He caught himself because there was an enormous line attached to him all the way. Did you see that? That they had yeah. safety harnesses on themselves when they were crossing this bridge? Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. No. So but here's my question before we get into hair. What is the point? Do they win anything <laughs> if they come in first or do they just win love? Do they win each other when they get at the end? You win love. This is a weeding out process where you, by the end of it, will, you know, obviously the, the, the person you zip line with best, the person you walk through a bat infested tunnel with best is clearly a soulmate. That is the that is so stupid because okay there's a couple there that who latched onto each other they won the first episode and then mm -hmm. last night's episode they're still sort of they're still attached to each other they think they've found love after two days right yes I don't, they're I don't remember their names uh, itchy and scratchy okay so itchy and scratchy believe they found true love so if they come in last and they're not picked and they go home haven't they won. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Well, yeah, they have one in a sense. Well, that's what I don't understand. So I'm trying to figure out what how I can hook into the show to make it interesting to me. And I kind of felt like we, it was moving into an interesting experiment last night when uh, the the one girl who had who was very clingy and believed she had found true love with steel. Uh, what was yes. her name? Vanessa. Vanessa thought she had uh -huh. found love with Steel, but he he was going to dump her, so she made a move with the caveman surfer to try to stay yes. in the game. Uh, and then he 
didn't choose her in the final picking at the end, which is the strangest thing ever. Like, I don't know how that came apart. Um, yeah, it's like a schoolyard pick. A schoolyard pick. And then he didn't pick her, but he ended up standing by the edge. And then they both went home. And she was like, well, I made a deal with him. And he was supposed to pick me. And I was supposed to stay. So that gives me a bit of interesting insight. Like, who's in the game to win the game adventure game? And who's in it really for love? And who's in it, like... For what else? I mean, that's just it. Like, what else could there, there be? I, I, I'm interested in sort of the social experiment of people getting caught up in wanting to stay and be liked as mm-hmm. opposed to wanting to actually find love. Because like I said, these two people who have a connection who won last week, you know, I don't think it matters to them whether they win or not. They're out having adventures. And if they get sent home, then who cares? But the the other thing that was sort of interesting was this person who picked uh, these two who found a connection but then got picked to be with other people. And maybe mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see, like, if the competition aspect makes them try hard with their new partners and the, the jealousy comes in. or I don't know. There may be something interesting happening, but right now it hasn't happened yet. I feel like the real impetus for staying is more about getting as much camera time and then trying to parlay this into some TV or reality show exposure slash, you know, gig. Right. And no one's more guilty of that than Darren, the, uh, the host. Yeah. I mean, he knows this is his big deal. I mean, this is his shot, right? He has a summer replacement show and he has what, like, uh, how many weeks, 10, 13 weeks to, uh, prove himself to be a, a host worth, um, hosting. Yeah. If that, I'm not even sure. Yeah, the show just for me is it's, you know, I, I I watch it. I'm not nearly as annoyed as I thought I would be with this show. But what I'm really, I'm not really interested anymore in watching a bunch of beautiful people that I find it really hard to believe these people have a hard time dating. But then, you know, when you see their, and nah, see, that doesn't even do it either. When you see their personality exposed, I mean, they're probably right on par with most people that you would would view in real life. I mean, there's nothing crazy, too crazy about anybody, and, and there's nothing too interesting about anybody. So they're just probably like, you know, middle-of-the-road people. They're trying to build Ben up to be the crazy one, and he's not really all that crazy. He just thinks he has a no. sense of humor, and he doesn't. Yeah, like that's my thing. None of these people are very... You know, for television, usually you have somebody that's clearly a villain or clearly got issues or, you know, that's what makes these shows kind of fun to watch. In this sense, it's just a lot of pretty people hooking up with pretty people. And I don't know, that's starting to feel really played out. Well, and the, I don't think the girls are all that pretty. I think actually there's there's a better swath of guys, if I dare say so, than there are women. I, I'm not enraptured by any of these women. The one that I find the most interesting is um, uh, uh, Jessica, the one who almost went home last night, the really short kind of Indian-looking girl with the... Okay, okay. Interesting. I like her. Huh. Yeah, I like Do her because she seems fun and funny and seems to have a handle on what's going on with the show. And she looks like someone I could at least hang out with and listen to talk um, if she's not exactly I don't think any of them are all that pretty um, and what again I, I keep I keep alluding to it but what is up with the hair 
on the show. You know, I, I, I watch TV shows now or hairstyles now as if I'm seeing them in the future, looking back on the way hairstyles were in the past. Oh. You know, like I look at my shows forward been, thinking of you. <laughs> it is very forward thinking. Like I look at shows from the 80s and I go, wow, look at that hairstyle. Or even I look at shows from the 90s and I go, wow, look at that hairstyle. I'm looking at this show now and the hairstyles are supposed to look normal, but they look like something I'd be going, what is up with that hairstyle? What were people thinking back in 2011? And I'm looking at it now going, what is up with that hairstyle? What is up, Rob, with the hairstyle that is the sort of greasy on the sides made into a little point at the top of your head? <laughs> Uh, that is it man that's the look for the bro these days it's kind of like slightly mussed up but like yeah it does kind of come to a a peak there's almost like there should be a base camp at the forehead yeah exactly and that's that's what steel has and there's another one i think adam or one of the other ones has it there's that one and then no no adam adam is the one with the tiny razor sharp amish kind of beard it's not really a (laughs) Beard is just a line of hair going down his jawline. What is up yes. with that? I, I don't know. I don't get that look. That's kind of, uh, I don't know. That's, it's very Staten Island. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, and I swear I don't remember half of the guys when they go at the end there and they're picking people. I don't remember half the guys. And I, yeah, I like, remember that dude. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like. I don't know. I don't know. So how's that for a high recommendation for Duvet Nation to follow this show with us every week? Yeah, I I um um I will continue to watch, I will continue to monitor, I will pay more attention to the hairstyles. Um I think it's funny that all these women are in some sweaty jungle wearing like um, you know, uh, cocktail dresses. Yeah, in Costa Rica. That the what's her name? Uh uh, the one who Vanessa. won last night. The sh- sh- she won last night. Oh yeah, that's right. She's kind of uh, th- that's a tree that I could bark up. Well, she was wearing this gray, extremely heavy fabric dress, and that's exactly what I the first thing I thought of. Not how pretty she looked, not her grabbing her boobs, but her think and me thinking, my goodness, isn't that sticky hot? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for the guy, you know who picked her you know or whatever or did she get to choose she got to choose right yeah she got to choose yeah i was gonna i was waiting for one of the guys to be like yeah i'll take the i'll take the the spinner with the boobs <laughs> <laughs> right okay well, i was like don't say that please don't say that but i just said it there i said it <laughs> yeah you said it all right well that's love in the wild we will i'll watch it again next week and we'll report uh like i say hopefully we'll get uh my my friend on to to help us guide our way through these murky waters yes to guide us into uh having something interesting to say about it <laughs> yeah other than uh, uh, the, the two things that i do loved is the the guy who was screaming that he was scared of ants i'm scared to death of ants <laughs> oh, there was that man. guy and i loved the uh the other girl who like i think it was this week when it was the exact same guy he was she was like uh, I, I can't be with a guy who's screaming like a girl I love when girls use girl as a derogatory term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true, though. It's funny because I was kind of watching the show out of the corner of my eye while reading, like, this really intense article on how Congress needs to be revamped, you know, and re- rethought. Okay. Um, and the two are just – were so – 
mutually exclusive to one another that it was just really hard to follow either. And so I ended up just saying, ah, and I, I caved in and just started paying attention. And then, you know, I, then I realized that the funny thing for me about that show was Erica, the one from Nashville, who had the terrible date with the with the guy, uh, the black guy. What's his name? Jason. Uh, Erica Jason. has a terrible date with everybody. Everybody, right? And she seems like she's so, like, you know, all-American girl, easy to get along with. But I love the shot where they show her, like, sleeping on the the, the recliner by the pool with the, the three-quarters drank bottle of wine. Right. Yes, exactly. Got her through the night, sleeping on the chaise lounge out by the pool. <laughs> so there you go, America. <laughs> that is... Yeah, our dissection of love in the wild. Yeah, exactly. You see what happens, America, when make it or break it doesn't come back on the air. This is what we end up talking about. They should do a song that uh, features Aerosmith and call it "Love in the Elevator." Hey, you got any uh, chum for the snark tank? (laughs) (laughs) No chum today. Do you have any? Uh, I have a little bit of chum. Chum it up. Just, just just, small chum, and this has been because I spent so much time in the car. Two things. One is the person that's walking in front of me who is walking at a pace that's a little too slow for my pace, but a little mm-hmm. too fast for me to comfortably walk around them without running. I hate ah. that person. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that happens to me all the time. I, I'm a fast walker, and so... I will generally quicken my pace a little bit just to get past that person because I don't because I'm very sensitive to the the person who's creeping up behind you. Yeah, like I don't know how you can live your life like that, like just kind of within, you know, arm's length of being right behind somebody. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. So I I will quicken my pace to get around them. But I do feel you on, on that. They're, they're, it's, it's weird. People have a different relationship with, with space and bubbles than, than I do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, it's just that person, it's like, you know I'm here. Either slow down, step out of the way or whatever. But the, the whole sort of blissful ignorance or I don't know what's going on. There's, okay, so that's, that's one person that I dislike. The other type of pedestrian that I dislike is the one who repeatedly bangs or pushes the button on the walk signal Mm. over and over and over again as if that means anything as if that speeds up the light changing or anything like that dude here's how it works if you don't push the button the walk signal doesn't change to walk it stays don't walk if you push it once it signals that it will change to walk and the pedestrian can cross sitting there and bang 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 banging on it oh goodness i hate that i hate that and conversely i hate if i don't get to the signal in time to push the walk signal button and it doesn't change Mm -hmm. to the walk signal that i can i can cross the street anyway first of all i'm a pedestrian and that don't walk sign is only there to indicate to the signal that there's pedestrians and uh, as opposed to cars so the light will stay green longer to allow for the pedestrian to cross i mean people actually think about this sort of stuff this is how it works but it it still means that i get to walk there so cars don't get to blow their horn when i'm crossing and point to the sign saying don't walk just because i didn't get there in time to push the button to make it change to walk Mm mm-hmm yeah, well, yeah, but that's people in cars. You know my feelings on this are they're they're in a race to get to the next stop sign is how yeah. I view it. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know? We, okay, so this happened. I, I'm curious to get your read on this because this is along the pedestrian lines. And maybe this is a, a bit of chum, but I was with my wife. We, I meet her every day usually at this corner. We call it the spot. And it's just the corner Ooh, the down spot? the street from her house. Dude, the spot? You should go to the spot. <laughs> I want to go back to that. I was going to – when Mr. Barasco was up here, I was going to see if he wanted to take a drive and walk down and to see if we could actually go to the original spot. But uh, that for another podcast. But so we we meet at the, this corner, and you know the dog goes crazy. He's happy to see Hallie. We all meet, then we walk. We discuss, you know, her day at work. I discuss my day, and we walk up through the neighborhood. And you know the dog sniffing poles and whatnot, and doing doing her dog thing. So we are walking up, and it's you know around commute hour. So this is when people are getting home from work. So there's generally a, a purpose in people's strides and all that stuff. And we have, for those of you that don't know at home, we have a little white, cute, fluffy dog who's just you know the bell of the ball and is quite a following around my neighborhood. Are you with me? I'm with you. Was that a pregnant pause? Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so she's doing her thing, sniffing, and I'm standing right by her. And there's this young girl in her, you know, mid-20s, say, on her cell phone, talking, you know, out loud about her day, whatever, marching with a couple bags. And my dog was, like, sniffing some pull. And so I kind of step in to kind of shield my dog. And this girl rather than kind of navigate around to the other side, decides to just literally up and step right over my little dog Uh, mm -hmm. with her bags. You know what I mean? And not even – there was no acknowledgement. There was no like look like, oh, you know, I'm confused. What should I do? Or She just literally blew right over my – stepped right over my dog and kept walking, which infuriated me. (laughs) Okay. And 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 it really infuriated my wife. As well, because yeah, I could see it was just about that, yeah. so rude. So instinctively, Hallie and I immediately just spun around and immediately started walking, doing what you were talking about earlier, walking right up. I mean, literally right up on this chick's heels, <laughs> the two of us. And then we started taking to commenting on everything she was saying in her phone conversation. <laughs> yes. So she was like, yeah, you know, like I just couldn't believe. And, and Hallie's like, yeah, I can't believe that either. That's terrible. And like literally – so this chick thought we were freaking crazy. And so she starts speeding up her pace to try and distance from us, uh-huh. never looking back. So we quicken our pace so that we stayed the exact you know, six inches behind her back. It was totally unnerving to her and yet totally self-satisfying for us. My question for you is do we need help? <laughs> Yeah, that's a little crazy. I but I was so mad. It was like I felt like she just totally discounted the fact that we were there and that there was. A, I, I don't think you, you step over somebody's dog. No, I agree. I don't unless, think you step over somebody's dog. However, I will say unless what you have you have a caveat for that. Un, unless unless there's some sort of confusion, you know, whatever, and there's an, an acknowledgement of the dog, you know, like oh oh, oh uh, sorry, and you just kind of step over. But not just a complete blow by, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can, that would be upsetting to me, and I, I can hear it being upsetting at the time. And I would, I would probably be as irrational as as you are at that point, and and get all up in that person's back as well. Probably, I hate, it's just it's humanity. It's just humanity bothers me sometimes. Yeah, humanity bothers me too. But I will say, as an outside observer, a it sounds kind of funny, and additionally, yeah. what I try to do. 
Um, I, I don't know if you remember my New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution was for me not to be the asshole. Oh. <laughs> so the, me following someone right up to like that and commenting on their phone conversation makes me an asshole. And I'm trying not to be an asshole. And really what I, what I try to do and what I try, have tried to adopt is if it doesn't adversely affect me and what I'm doing in my day, then I can get over it. Like, if I'm standing there and somebody walks over my dog and I'm like, what What the fuck? How rude. But like, if my dog's still fine sniffing and I'm still standing there doing exactly what I would have been doing anyway, then mm-hmm. does it really matter? Because I used to get really, really upset crossing the street here, crossing Beechwood Canyon, uh, going because wow. I got to walk three times a day, my dog, across a very busy street here. And it is a pretty obligatory stop sign. And when people do stop at it, they will either they will coast about midway through the intersection and then just keep going. There's really no stopping happening at that stop sign. And I could stand there for hours waiting for somebody to stop and let me across. And when they do stop, there's always a huffy kind of waving of the hand. Go on, go on, go on, cross, cross, cross. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I'm walking across the street, if I, I'll just step off. And if the car on the opposite side of the street goes, like doesn't wait for me to cross all the way across, if I don't need to slow down or slacken my pace or anything, if I can just continue and that person can go about their business and I can continue going about their business while I get That's really perfect. Yeah. I, I used to get really pissed about it and I still kind of get angry about it. I still want to yell, stop, I'm here. But you know what? It, it, it worked out, <laughs> you know, worked out. I think what it boils down to is I think we, you want some sort of recognition yeah okay but really do you want recognition from the kind of person who just steps over a dog no but i want that person to know that they're an asshole as much of an asshole as i am (laughs) because i was not that was not the provoking asshole i'm not the provoking asshole move i'm reacting to the asshole move with an with a a anti-upping asshole move of my own right yeah that's i end up doing And what i wanted her to do is own up to it cop to it if I'm bothering her by walking right up on her heels, then turn around and say, what, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you walking right up on my heels? And then it gives me a forum and an opportunity to say, why are you just stepping over somebody's dog without even acknowledging that there was anybody around you? I mean, is that something that you do? You know, do you just walk right over things? Do you, are you so important that you get to, you know, bless, is your conversation on the phone that important that you can't make eye contact with somebody? Or, you know, like, where do you get off, madam? Yeah, but did she do that? And did you have that conversation? No, because people hate confrontation. Yeah, but you did exactly what I always end up doing is you had that whole argument in your head. To somebody oh, yeah. who doesn't Instantly. hear you. Yeah. And that happens to me all the time. Yeah. And that, that, what, what I need to let go of, and what I'm working on letting go of, and perhaps this can be something that you can work on too, Rob, is I do this in the car. So if somebody's riding my ass in the car and then they zip around me, then I start riding mm-hmm. their ass. This happened to me on my ride back from I-5 when I was up uh, in San Francisco last week. Like somebody Mm -hmm. zips up behind me and then I get out of their way and then they zip forward and realize that there's a car in front of me and that's why they couldn't go any faster. Then suddenly I'm like, well, well, now it's my turn to ride your ass. See how you like it. As if if they even know and as if I'll ever know how they feel or or, are going to feel about it. And eventually I'm going to do that and somebody's going to say, going to slow down and pull over to the side of me and shoot me or run me off the road or get out of the car and beat the hell out of me. 
So really, what but am that I accomplishing? Is, that is a but that that's factored in to the response. I'm not living in a cloud that I think that somebody she could turn around and want to sock me in the face. That is a potential reaction. But I, I'm I'm okay with that because at least that's a reaction. Yeah, I'm tired of people living in this world that is becoming increasingly overpopulated. And people are becoming increasingly more selfish and just not acknowledging one another. And that's where my frustration stems from is that we, we all got to share this space. You know, we all live in this same neighborhood and I don't need anybody to kiss my ass or do cartwheels or, you know, but what I do expect is a shred of human decency where we at least recognize the fact that beyond who we're talking to on the other side of the phone, there is a whole world of people living around them. Yeah, I just don't think you'll ever get that validation, and it's a, an uphill battle. I know I won't, and it's like it's like Don Quixote with the windmill. It's like Don Quixote with the windmill. <laughs> ah, there you go. Well, if we're not having much chum, we sure managed to uh, draw enough, a bunch of snarks around. Uh, so, yeah, for someone who didn't have any chum, we had a little bit of chum there. Do you have anything for the phrased out segment this week? Or I we do not this week. I've, uh, yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm phrased out of phrases. What about you? Uh, I got one. We can save it till next week or I can just say it right now. Say it right now. 24-7. Uh, I am yes. done with the phrase 24-7. Throw that one under the bus. Throw that one under the bus. And the reason why is why limit it to seven? What the hell does that mean? You know what? 24 hours means that you're always open. It means that you're constantly available for 24 hours. 24-7? As if seven days of the week means anything? 24-8? How about you're available 24-5? 24-7? 24 is continuous. There is only 24 hours in the day. It starts over again. 24-7. God! I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Stop saying it. 24 hours. That's all there is. (laughs) Have you heard this one, though? People will say 24-7-365. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Jeez. And then what happens? What happens after that? Does it start again? Or is it consecutive? Is it concurrent? 24-7-365 today? And is it 24-7-365 starting tomorrow? Or is it 24-7-364 starting tomorrow? I don't get it. God. Uh, yeah, and I guess it's hard to predict how long you're going to be alive, so you really can't take it any further than 365. You really shouldn't be able to take it any further than, you know... Even 24 might be a gamble. Might be a stretch. Never know. Never know when a toothache is going to lay you out 24 Or you might have some guy creeping up on your back. <laughs> All right. Enough. That is my phrased out phrase. Please don't say that around me. I will, I, will, I will cringe inside and have a horrible argument with you inside my head. Okay. <laughs> Where all the best arguments are won and lost. Right. Okay. Uh, great. Let's get the heck out of here. As I mentioned, I've got a lot to do. What do you have coming up for you this weekend? Nothing, 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 and nothing. We're doing nothing this weekend. That sounds wonderful. I think I have things going on this weekend, but I have to use the restroom, so I can't think of anything. Thanks to our guest, Chelsea Hobbs. (laughs) You were a delight. We love you. Come on back. We can't wait to hear more and follow what's happening with you. I will set my TiVo to look for Confessions of a Go-Go Girl. All of you should check out. Uh, make it or break it on the Teen Choice Awards uh, be sure to email us whatthedaysaid at gmail.com because your emails mean so much find us on Facebook do a little search for what today said and a little search engine follow us on Twitter at Bob Duvet or s- uh, call us at 415 
fabulous. Great. Wonderful. Rob, a delight as always. I will talk to yes. you next week. Next week. Can you tell me what did they said? Did you hear? What did they said? Can you hear? What did they said? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.